about this stupid election. We all know it doesn't matter who gets elected president of Carver. Do you really think it's gonna change anything around here? Make one single person smarter, or happier, or nicer? The only person it does matter to is the one who gets elected. The same pathetic charade happens every year and everyone makes the same pathetic promises just so they can put it on their transcripts to get into college. So vote for me, because I don't even want to go to college. And I don't care. And as president, I won't do anything. The only promise I will make is that, if elected, I will immediately dismantle the student government so that none of us will ever have to sit through one of these stupid assemblies again. Hello and welcome to So What's the Problem, where we rewatch a movie from our youth to determine if it's problematic by today's standards. I'm Jen. And I'm Jimmy. Today we'll be discussing Election, which was released in the US on May 7th, 1999, and in the UK and Ireland on September 24th, 1999. It was written by Jim Taylor and Alexander Payne and directed by Payne. It stars Matthew Broderick, Reese Witherspoon, Chris Klein, Phil Reeves, Jessica Campbell and Colleen Camp. Jimmy and I have each thought of three problems the movie has, and we'll discuss them. We also each have a positive. And the description for uh, election is, Ambitious Tracy Flick runs unopposed for a high school election. However, the school's civics teacher has different plans, so he convinces Paul Metzler, the varsity's popular football player, to run for president. A battle of wits begins. Yeah, pretty much. And all the men are scumbags. Mm-hmm. Paul. Um, <laughs> Paul's great. Yeah, but we'll talk about Paul later. Yeah, I don't have any history with this, Jen, because I watched it for the first time this afternoon. So what's your? Oh, I forgot you hadn't seen it. Yeah. So what's your history with it then? Um, I probably saw it opening weekend. Um, this came out when I was in high school. Uh, I and then I read the book, and one of the reasons I picked this movie is because the sequel book comes out this week and i was like oh i'm not going to get around to reading the books i never read anymore and then i went ahead and read it in one sitting oh, really <laughs> so i did actually just read the book um it's a quick quick read because i'm not a fast reader and that was mm-hmm. the first time i'd read a book in one sitting in over a decade but yeah i love this movie right. i think it's a mm-hmm. great movie um it's it was one of mtv's first films and it's like yeah pretty classy for them and i always wondered if the fact that it was mtv films had anything to do with it not getting more attention from awards shows and stuff because it was yeah. a really good movie i mean it was nominated for best adapted screenplay okay i, I didn't Oscars. look it up but that yeah. that's not but surprising to me yeah no no not at all actually let 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 me tell you about my first viewing of this movie jen okay um you know what I'm like when it comes to American high school movies? Yeah. There's there's nothing forget. in it that really grabs me much. There's nothing that I, I don't I don't have this experience, right? Mm-hmm. And I certainly don't have the experience of like elections and stuff at school. Mm-hmm. Um I did enjoy watching this movie. So there we go. I don't hate this movie, Jen. Good. Uh I hate people in this movie. <laughs> But, but I think you're, you're supposed, supposed to. to. Yeah. yeah. But um but I yeah, I I quite like this movie. So uh I, I I don't know why I never saw it before. I've got absolutely zero idea why I never watched this movie before. I think maybe the poster put me off because it's just like 
Reese Witherspoon's face with her mouth open and mm-hmm. Matthew Broderick like just like sort of peeking out of her mouth. And it's like that's really strange. Mm-hmm. I just don't think um I just don't think that drew me at all. Uh but yeah, I probably would have enjoyed this a lot more if I was younger actually, <laughs> when I was when if I watched it for the first time in ninety nine, but it was mm-hmm. in two thousand. But yeah, I did enjoy it. I want to tell you a quick story. Yeah, yeah, carry on. Um, so, um, the year this came out, um, Dylan and I were with some friends at uh, the Ryan White Youth AIDS Conference in St. Louis, mm-hmm. and uh, a bunch of us had gone out. We were kind of walking around one night and grabbing dinner and stuff, and we saw Jessica Campbell. And, oh, really? And. I would have been more excited if I'd seen Freaks and Geeks at this point because I I hadn't. Yeah. But um, I loved Election and Dylan and I were going to go talk to her and my friend was embarrassed and she was like, "If you go talk to her, I'm leaving," and so we didn't get to meet her. Um, she Aww. died. I want to say last year. Uh, twenty twenty. Yeah, December twenty twenty. She's passed away. Yeah, sadly. And I'm sad that she didn't get more acting work. Or I mean, who knows why she quit? It may not be that she couldn't get work, but I thought she was really good. See, I, I very highly doubt it's because she can't get work. I very highly doubt that she could not get work. Well, because... she doesn't have the traditional Hollywood look. So that well, that's the thing. There. I think she's unique looking. Mm-hmm. I think she she could very easily have done the sort of um the the I mean like this movie like the Little Sister roles or the mm-hmm. the the best friend roles or something like that because she has this unique look about her and um. I was watching this movie and I I thought I've seen her before because she just looked familiar to me and it turned out I hadn't because um, I hadn't really I hadn't seen anything else that she'd been in because she only had a short career until she retired in two thousand and two or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. It was just something about it. It was just like I recognise her, but I think that she would have. I think she would have would have had a better career. I don't understand why. We don't know these things, yeah. But uh, but she's great. Mm-hmm. She's really good in this movie. She gets she gets sort of shafted a little bit, mm-hmm. plot wise. But <laughs> she's uh, but yeah, she's great. Um, and when she passed away, apparently she had flu like symptoms. Um, before she died, but nobody's actually went out and said that she died of COVID. They're mm-hmm. just sort of keeping that secret. But you know, it could have been COVID because it's twenty twenty. Um. Anyway. A morbid start to our podcast, yet. <laughs> um, but no, she's great. Uh, I really wish she she did more. So, what is your first problem with this movie? Okay, my first problem. You love Dylan and I actually got in an argument about this last night because he doesn't agree with me. Okay, but let's see, if, let's see if I agree with you or Dylan. <laughs> when we see um the stuff about her relationship with it's Mister Navati, right? That's his name. Uh, I can't remember, Dave. Um, she, I feel like it doesn't show grooming enough. It, it, I feel like it does make it seem more like Tracy's okay with it, or or that yeah. she's that she's like so strong that it's just her decision. When it's it is, Dylan said, "Oh, it's clear she's being groomed," and I'm like. But we know the signs of grooming. Like, we are more mm. knowledgeable on that. But that, like, your average viewer might not necessarily be. And and when I think about watching it in high school, I definitely had a different opinion of what was going on because I didn't understand grooming. Like, there's the part where he says something about how she doesn't have friends or anything. And, like, mm. I mean, that's the thing is, like, predatory adults like that go after kids who mm-hmm. are alone. Um who are loners and it's just i just wish they'd shown that a little more because it really made it seem more like it was an okay situation for her to be in does that make sense right it does make sense and i think that the movie is showing that tracy's okay with it Mm -hmm. that it's that's something that tracy wants and when he is initially telling her that he is that everything that is great about her and all that. I didn't I didn't really see that as him grooming her. I just thought that was just him just, you know, trying to be nice. Mm-hmm. 
Um, when he fucks up is when he calls her attractive. He yeah. shouldn't have said that. But all the other compliments. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when she like sort of shows interest in him as well, he is taken aback. He's surprised by it. So I think that that initially he wasn't grooming her, but he certainly dives in there head first. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> as soon have- as she shows interest. I do have to wonder, like, I mean, with grooming, I think it's like <sighs> someone's not always super aware they're doing it. But and I could be wrong. I'm not yeah. a psychologist or anything. But that that they are doing that thing that a lot of people do when they meet someone they like, where they realize they like them, so they are trying to say the right things to get them. Doesn't see it as insidious. Yeah, 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 but I get the impression that that talk, but everybody, they're all they're at a table and everybody mm-hmm. gets up and walks away, and it's just those two. I get the impression that's the first time they've actually had a, an actual discussion. But later on, she said that she's going to miss the talks with him mm-hmm. because they have more talks when they have the relationship. So that was actually, I I think that was actually the first time that this they talked. And he's known her for three years. Mm-hmm. So he is an absolute fucking pervert and has watched this girl and found this girl attractive for three years. So she was, what, 13? Mm-hmm. 14? Gross. Um, but he's he hasn't actually done anything about it until now. That's, that's the way I saw it. So I don't really see grooming in that aspect. I just think that he's a fucking idiot for actually going for it in the mm-hmm. first place. And uh, and has, and having the relationship, but I think Tracy, Tracy, like she wants it. Not that that's right, but I don't think she's been groomed. Well, it's. But. I mean, I still think she is a little, but like I do see your perspective, but it's also even if she wants it, she's so young. Like I feel like this was a yeah, time. No. And not that they don't still do this, but this was a time where it was more acceptable to, like, if you think about, like, the first season of Dawson's Creek or whatever, it was more acceptable to make it look like relationships with teachers were, like, fine. That, like, oh, they're Mm -hmm. in love or whatever, instead of being, like, this adult is going after someone half their age uh, Mm -hmm. who is a minor. And it's gross. Like, they need to make it clear that this is not okay, but it's not her fault. It's, It's the thing... It's the Monica Lewinsky thing, right? That like we yeah. love people loved hating on her and blaming her mm-hmm. when it's like she was fucking twenty one years old and this guy was oh, I'm the most not... powerful man. Yeah, absolutely. It, I'm it not is blaming taking Tracy, advantage, even if she consents. It's it is taking yeah. advantage of someone who's younger and more impressionable. Yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not blaming Tracy. Mm-hmm. It's entirely on this fucking stupid idiot pervert teacher. It's entirely on him. It just doesn't feel like the movie makes it completely that way it makes it more mutual i think than it should be yeah it probably does well yeah because i think tracy's okay with it so the movie is absolutely saying that but he doesn't go to jail but he loses his his life and his family and is forced to work retail or no and tracy just gets to live her best life as usual, so I think that it's it, the movie's still saying that he gets punished more mm-hmm. for it. I don't think Tracy does get punished at all for it, so that's why I think that it's not really the movie's saying it's mutual, but it's also not putting blame well, on Tracy but him. I'll I'll get into this more later, but um, I I mean she is punished in the sense that uh, Mr. McAllister uh clearly has a problem with her like partially because of what happened with his friend and mm-hmm. i get the feeling he like blames her for it and like if that yeah. affair hadn't happened he probably wouldn't have cheated the election and so she's being punished because of the opinion of her of what she did you know what i mean right right but he also wants to bang her though he does, and it's and he hates himself for it. Uh, exactly. And it doesn't even seem like he so, hates himself for it because she's a teen, but it's just because he finds her insufferable. Because that scene when he's having sex with his wife, mm-hmm. and then he pictures his friend who he eventually has sex with, and then he pictures 
Tracy and then goes harder. Mm-hmm. That that's just like if they didn't have that in there, mm-hmm. then I think it would just be more of him just being, I blame you for what happened to my friend. Mm-hmm. But I also think there's a bit of sort of jealousy in there that his friend got there that, yeah. first. So, like he he's he's jealous that he didn't have an experience like that, and it's funny in the book they describe her as like that she doesn't have you know she has a pretty plain face, but that her ass is really good. And in the book, Mr. McAllister does talk about her ass, and there's like a bunch of stuff where the principal is talking about the hot students and stuff, and it's it's really the characters in the books are uh, it's a bigger thing that these grown men are talking really gross about the girls at the school. Yeah. But I read I read that the the ending to this movie is different to the ending to the, the book. Yeah, the I mean, I feel like the characters are with the exception of Matthew Broderick, like I like this ending better. Like I, I like that they're happy. You know? Like right. they're they're all happy in the book. Um Tammy's been really wanting to go to Catholic school. Like she starts a whole campaign. Like she wears um, a Catholic schoolgirl uniform to school for like a month or something to try right. to get her parents like they won't let her go. And then when she finally does get to go, she hates it. Um, right. so I like that she didn't get that bad ending. Um, and like the girl she likes that goes there doesn't isn't a lesbian or anything. Um, right. but the big thing is that, um, Tracy has graduated high school, and she wants uh. Matthew Broderick is a car salesman and she wants to go, or as Matthew Broderick, Mr. McAllister is a car salesman and she goes to buy a car from him and she wants to make him feel like really bad and she wants to look really successful. Um, but she gets there and like she was going to tell him off, but she, she decides not to. And they go on a car ride and, um, they actually have like a normal conversation where he's like asking her where she's going to school and stuff. And then she drives to the school and she gets her yearbook and has him sign it. And the book ends with him starting to sign it. But the thing is, is he's incredibly remorseful. He feels awful about what he did. And you imagine mm. that what she wrote, he wrote in the yearbook was like a lengthy apology, um, for what he did. And it's, I find the movie ending more satisfying, but there is something I do right. like about that ending. The fact that he, um, that they have this kind of connection where they, they have this moment where it's like not as important as it was before, you know? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that's the ending. Right. So are the characters the same in the book? Um, as, as Jim, like, is he, as insufferable in the book. No, no, he's much more sympathetic and doesn't have as much of a hatred towards Tracy. Like, in the movie, so much of it seems to be, like, that he just really doesn't like this girl. Um, Mm. In the book, it's more, she's kind of annoying him, but he's just so caught up in his personal life that he does this drastic thing, just, like, probably to have some sort of control over something in his life, and it seems Mm. less vindictive towards her. Um, right. The and Paul is uh, not as he's nice in the book, but like he doesn't he doesn't vote for himself, but he doesn't vote for her. He does like a write in or something. Um, mm. And so he's not like as perfect <laughs> as he is in the movie, where you just want to like give him a hug. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and Tammy has a little bit more to do in the book. So um, yeah. But yeah, the characters aren't, it's not that terribly off. It's just that uh, Jim is a little nicer and more sympathetic. Right, so he's worse than the movie then. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And once again, we will right. get into that. Yeah, uh, well, my first problem, and I'm just going to switch my problems around one and two because of what you said, your, your first problem was, and I don't, I don't even know if this is an actual problem because it's the movie's intention but um, it's just I really wanted to throw up during the scenes with Tracy and Dave. He he puts on a CD or whatever, a record or whatever and it, it, it plays three times a lady and then he walks over to her sitting on the couch and you can see his baby's crib in the background 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like that is, I mean, that is really well. That got me. That was like, oh fuck, that's disgusting. <laughs> that he's that he's um gonna sleep with this sixteen year old or seventeen year old, whatever she is, while his baby's crib, yeah. his baby's cot is right there. His playpen or whatever is right behind him, and that so. Yeah, I that just that whole thing is just basically my problem. It's just I, I just didn't like the way that made me feel. But I know that was the intention of the movie, so it's not really a problem. But um, but he really he should be in jail. I yeah. think that's maybe my problem. He should be in jail and not work in retail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there you go. So what's your second problem? Um, this is the first thing I thought of when I picked the movie. It's always been a problem for me. Um, the, the bee sting, it's just, I don't know. It's like that bit of physical comedy of him dealing with it feels out of place to me. And I feel like, I mean, I'm going to assume that they did the bee sting to kind of show, like to have a visual thing to show what a terrible day he's having, like what a terrible time Mm -hmm. he's having. Um, but I just feel it's unnecessary and it's just a bit, it's just a bit too much for me, the, the bee sting yeah. and, the, and the, in his eye. I've just always no, I agree with you. Reason. Yeah, it happened and I was like, right, is this leading somewhere? But no, it's just his eye puffs up because he's been, and then later on he says, if I get stung by a bee, I got an, an, a reaction to it. And it's like, okay, so that's, that's it. People just keep saying about the, are you okay? Your face looks weird, and it's like, yeah, but that it doesn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. It, it's you would think maybe that it was put in there for a reason, like maybe I don't know to incriminate him or something. I at think one they're point, just trying like to something. make him look extra pathetic. Yeah, I know, but he's kind of pathetic anyway. Mm-hmm. The beast thing's unnecessary. It's just like we already know he's a douchebag and he's having a shit day. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, yeah, I agree with you. It's 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 just seems out of place in this this comedy that is, for the most part, really sort of smart. Mm-hmm. It's a smart comedy, mm-hmm. and then they do this stupid bit of physical comedy with the beast thing. It just does seems out of place. It's so. it reminds me of um in Mean Girls. There's a part where they're walking down the hall, and Lizzie Lohan mm-hmm. just all of a sudden goes face first, falls face first into a trash can. Yeah. And it's just, it's this moment where you're just like, why is that there? There's no reason yeah. for it to be there. This is like a, a really clever movie. And you just put like, there's that thing where like women in romantic comedies and stuff are very clumsy. And mm-hmm. um, it's like, you don't have to have a woman fall in every single movie. And it's just, it's a yeah. lot like that where it's just like, it feels, it feels like this one moment just really shouldn't be there. It doesn't fit with the rest of the movie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like so, my my second problem, which was my first problem, and it was one of the first things I wrote down five minutes into the movie. And I may sound like a bit of a dick for saying this, but Matthew Broderick's voice, because when he starts his voiceover, and it's more prominent in the voiceover than it is when he's actually speaking. But he sounds like a child, and he sounds much younger than the like the people playing the students in the movie, mm, and it just sounds really strange to mm. me. Because he just he's still got this little child's voice. Mm-hmm. He's always had this little sort of, you know, a a young sounding voice. Yeah. But yeah, it just sounded weird to me that he sounds younger than some of the students. <laughs> hadn't noticed he wasn't wearing any crappy bow ties or anything jen so i had to go with something else <laughs> yeah so right. i'm assuming that's something you never thought about <laughs> no nope, never thought about it <laughs> so what is your third problem um my third problem is jim McAllister. uh dude is a dick <laughs> and a misogynist and um it was interesting watching he's got this. a childlike voice <laughs> childlike voice watching it 23 years later i mean i've seen it over the years but it's been a while since i watched it um like it's it's one of those movies where i see how much i've matured right yeah because i've always had the and i've always had this this thing and i've talked to other people i know i'm not alone where um 
I and not as much anymore, especially since we have so many antiheroes these days, but I tend to just kind of go along with my protagonist. Um, like I kind of assume they're my hero. Like it's not a conscious thing, but like I'm rooting okay. for them. Like I'm I'm what I like want Patrick Bateman to get away with murder or whatever. Um yeah. like watching Breaking Bad where it's like Walt is clearly a terrible person, but I'm rooting for him. Um <laughs> and it's it took me a long time to realize that I do that. And so when I watched it when I was younger, I'm kind of even though I recognized the gym was kind of a dick, like I was I was kind of with him. And Tracy mm-hmm. was so annoying. Mm-hmm. I was more sympathetic towards him. And now I watch it and I'm like, okay, no, he's a complete dick. Um, yeah. Especially at the end, how bitter he is about this girl who never did anything to him and was actually nice to him. And that, mm-hmm. and I'm, you know, I'm older and I can recognize that like, we punish women for wanting to be successful that like the traits in her wouldn't have bothered him probably if it was a guy. Um, and I really this time noticed how much he seems to just not like women. Right. You said that earlier on that, uh, when we were talking about Tracy's relationship with the other teacher, mm-hmm. that he probably, that the movie shows that he wants to have sex with Tracy. Mm-hmm. It shows that he, finds Tracy attractive in some way. And he, he he probably hates Tracy because he hates himself for feeling that way about Tracy. Yeah. And it's it's this sort of deep-rooted hatred for himself. And he's just putting it on this this girl who is annoying, mm-hmm. but that doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't mean you have to be a dick towards her. And, I mean, she, she shows herself to be quite, I mean, right, she doesn't actually do much to warrant anything apart from the fact that she takes down the post. But even that, like, I thought she was awful for that when I was younger, and now I watch it, and yeah. it's just like, it's a girl who has had enough, and she just kind of breaks yeah. down. Like, it's not like she sets out to do it, and it's not good that she does it. Yeah. But it's just, she she loses it, and I think part of that is she's dealing with a grown-ass man who is after her. For no good reason. He is actively, like, working against her. And, like, when you're a woman and you feel that way, like, and, you know, no one's going to believe you, right? Like, everyone's going to think you're paranoid and they make you think you're paranoid. That, like, that feeling some man is out to get you. Yeah. Like, but you don't have the proof. You just have that feeling, that instinct. And Mm -hmm. I felt that more watching it this time that, like, she can kind of sense that there's something there, but that, like, she can't, I mean, she can't prove that he's after her. No, but what I'm saying is that that's all she does. Yeah. Let's take the posters down. She doesn't do anything else. She doesn't try mm-hmm. to sabotage Paul's thing. She lets Paul get on with it. And yeah. she's quite happy being unopposed. Mm-hmm. But now that she has someone, um, to, to be up against, mm-hmm. she is sort of like, right, well, let's, let's do this fairly, apart from the poster thing. But um, but yeah, she just sort of snapped. And it sucks because as a teacher, he should respect what she's doing because she's taking the election seriously. She mm-hmm. has a platform. She, like, mm-hmm. was something I had never noticed until this time because I've only really gotten into politics since the last time I saw this. But when she's giving her speech and she's talking about, like, you know, she'll say, and I spoke to, you know, so-and-so it, who's a freshman. And they said this, I didn't realize that that is such a, a politician thing to do. Yeah. That like that you'd think that he might respect that he has a student who clearly knows about politics and it clearly yeah. takes it seriously, but he just hates her so much for no good reason. Yeah. Like talking to Joe the plumber or, or my African-American. Um, <laughs> This kind of goes on to my, my final problem. And my final problem is, why did Tammy claim responsibility for the campaign poster? I always took it as she's um being rebellious. Like, she's just a rebel. And she's just yeah. trying to cause trouble. I don't know. And maybe, and I don't know, maybe it was something that was cut out of the movie, or maybe this was their intention and it just didn't come across. But it's also, um, she's been looking at that Catholic school. 
And what I mm. got from it, even before I read the book, was that she might have even taken credit because she wanted to get kicked out. She wanted to have to go to the Catholic school. And then reading the book, that's 100% it. She's been trying to get her parents to send her to Catholic school. And she right. she does that. I don't think she even has the posters in the book. She just decides to take credit because she's trying really hard to get kicked out of school. Right. I don't get that at all in the movie, mm. that she wants kicked out of school. I see that she's happy that she has kicked out of school, mm-hmm. but I I didn't I didn't know about the whole Catholic school thing. I, that's it's not really there. But my problem is that once she claims responsibility for the posters, mm-hmm. that's basically it for Tammy in the movie, and she turns up again later on, and uh, and that I just don't like that because I really like Tammy. But I just think that that was the poster thing. I know it's in the book, taking responsibility for it. Mm-hmm. But I just think that the, the writers of the movie just sort of took it as like an easy way of eliminating Tammy from not just the the campaign, the election campaign, but also just like the movie in general. Mm-hmm. Because she doesn't really get much else to do. Um. Is it true that there's more about her sexuality in the book? Um, yeah. Does she come out in the book? I'm trying to remember. Um, no, she doesn't come out to anybody. Like, I can't remember no. if she's kind of in denial like she is in the movie where it's like, I just fall in love with the person, but it just always happens yeah. to be girls. But I feel yeah. like in the book, she's a lot more, she sounds a lot more confident when ta- in her sexuality when talking about her preference, right. like the people she likes. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just remember when I first saw the movie thinking she was trying to get into Catholic school. But I also, you know, that one of my talents is that my brain just automatically fills in holes um, in things yeah. I'm watching. And sometimes I just happen to be right. Like, because I think this one, if if they're, I mean, no matter how they present it in the movie, I think they're going off the idea from the book. And so I think this is one of the times where I fill in the holes and I'm actually correct. <laughs> Because a lot of times we get an explanation yeah. from the writer or whatever, and I'm totally off. But my brain just like fills in these holes without me right. realizing it. But it's but it's not in the movie though. I know, but for it's some not- reason that's what I thought was going on. So <laughs> I I see now that so it's a that's- problem. I see now that it's a problem, but I never thought about that before. Yeah, but did, but did you did, do you remember you thinking that the first time you watched the watch the movie before you read the book yeah how because how how did you she was the catholic because she was the catholic school thing's not a part of the thing until she it's because she's longingly looking at the catholic school girls at one point and then i think i don't think it's necessarily like the moment where she claimed that she stole the posters that i thought that but at the end where you see how happy she is in catholic school i my mind is kind of like I think maybe that's what she was trying to like. She clearly had an interest in the Catholic school. They did show that. Well, I, I just saw she has an interest in the girls. I didn't see she had an interest in the school. Well, no, but that's why she had interest in it because it was all girls. Yeah, no, but I didn't think about the school at all. Oh. The school didn't even cross my mind at all. She was just watching girls playing sport. <laughs> oh, it, that's where my mind went because I was like, she's watching, you know, this all girls school i yeah that's just what i assumed because yeah yeah yeah. yeah. no i didn't get that at all because i don't think the movie explicitly says it and it's not i mean she's happy when she goes to the catholic school mm-hmm. but and she smiles when her dad says you're going to catholic school but i still didn't really i just thought they're going to the, the old girl's school that's why she's smiling because it's an old girl's school i didn't see it as the fact that that's what she was wanting to do all along the movie didn't give me that impression at all, but now that it's in the book, mm. that you know, that yeah, I see it now. I feel like they they were trying to do it, but they were a little too subtle. It does make me wonder if there was any sort of deleted scene or anything. Yeah, I think the problem. I mean, that that's got to be the answer to almost everything, mm. isn't it? <laughs> it's got to be a deleted scene if there's a plot point that one of us doesn't really get. Mm. But yeah, but that's. My my problem is really just the fact that they get rid of Tammy quite soon in the movie, mm-hmm. and Tammy's great. Uh, but you know she g- gets to live her best life, 
So good for her. Yeah. She she gets a happy ending. I'm glad she gets a happy ending because it's just it the book it's so disappointing because Tammy is so great and you want her to yeah. be happy and she's just not in the book. Yeah. Well that's good. I'm glad she gets a happy ending. Right. So what is your positive? Um this is one of the best adaptations I've ever seen. Um, you know, okay. people love to say, you know, the book was better when talking about adaptations and there are very few books that when made into like a two hour movie are good adaptations. Um, mm-hmm. not only cause you don't have enough time to do usually to put everything that's in the book, but they tend to change too much. Um, yeah. it's, it, it does help that now they do those limited series where they can not only put everything from the book in, but they can add a lot. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things that this had going for is that the book is, I mean, I read it in one sitting, like it's very short. Um, and they fleshed out some stuff more and the changes they made don't make me mad. In fact, I like some of the changes they made and there's a mm-hmm. very good chance that it might be the best adaptation I've seen besides Fight Club. Right. Okay. And Virgin Suicides, because Virgin Suicides, it was so eerie. It looked like how it looked in my head. Like even even the girls all looked exactly like how I imagined. And it's you know usually mm-hmm. you read a book and then you see the movie and it's like, oh, that's not what I thought they looked like. Um, yeah. Or like I remember reading the Ice Storm and the way that Christina Ricci's character is described is completely different from the movie. But I'd seen the movie first and I was like, you can't make me imagine a blonde girl i just can't mm. but yeah this this is a really good adaptation that's always nice when you like the the book <laughs> and the movie um because even things like like the shining is a good movie but it's a terrible adaptation yeah absolutely as well so i've had i've never read it <laughs> i've read it and it's, it's a terrible adaptation i've gotten into arguments dylan and i used to argue for years because he wasn't this is when we were a lot younger um, I don't think he was mature enough to handle the idea that you can say something's a bad adaptation, but it doesn't mean you don't like it. It's just, mm-hmm. that's just a fact. This, it's a bad adaptation. Um, mm-hmm. And so he thought I was saying The Shining was a bad movie for years. And I was like, yeah. no, I'm not. It's a good movie. It's a shitty adaptation. Yeah, great movie. Um, yeah. And it's it's just rare to see one where you feel really satisfied with it in comparison to the that's book. Good. What's your positive? I thought I've- um, Paul, Paul is, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt every single man in this movie. Every single other man in this movie is an absolute fucking douchebag mm-hmm. and arsehole. Um, except for Larry, the, the, the kid who does the counting of the votes. Yeah. Um, he's a good chap as well. But Paul, I love Paul. Mm-hmm. Paul's the best. Yeah. He's just so sweet and just. It's like a big old puppy dog. He is. Like, when Tammy gets punted to the old girls' school, despite the fact that Tammy shows, like, no love or anything for Paul whatsoever, Paul prays to God that she's going to be okay Mm -hmm. and that he loves her. And it's like, oh, my God, he's so sweet. (laughs) And Chris Chris Klein is just, he's so sweet in this movie. And it's, you know, Alexander Payne discovered him at one of the schools when he was scouting locations. He met him there and hired him. So, like, this, you know, we might have not seen Chris Klein in anything if it weren't for this movie. Yeah. Who would have been Oz in American Pie? I don't know. But. Yeah, he does American Pie the same year as this as well. Well, American. Well, released the same year as this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, released the same year, but it could have been filmed. I love Alexander Payne. Yeah, part of him. Yeah, I haven't seen many of his movies, but um, he I hear he's good. <laughs> uh, his first movie, Citizen Ruth, was really good. Um, mm. uh, what one thing I read in the trivia that I love is it says in the text of a newspaper article in the film, it says if you've paused the film in order to read this entire article, your time would be better spent running Citizen Ruth from your local video store. Do you know how hard it is to write these fake new, fake few stories for news movie props? I've got better things to do. That is fantastic. Yeah, yeah I wish I saw that. That's amazing. Yeah, I never think to yeah. pause stuff like that, but like I know that they'll, you know, a lot of times in TV and movies, they'll put things in there like that to amuse you or like those um 
when Chuck Lore has a show that his producer mm. is calling card or whatever at the end will have like yeah. a big old paragraph or something, which back in the day, yeah. back in the Dharma and Greg days, I'd have to like record the episode and pause it because there was no way. Yeah. Like, and, and you have to like, remember with VHS, there'd be those lines sometimes when you paused mm. it. So you'd have to like yeah. pause very carefully so that you could actually read it. Yeah. But that's, that's, they did that a lot in The Simpsons as well. Mm. Um, like they would put a lot of sort of background things and things that you would miss unless you have them on DVD or you're recording them off like TV and you can pause them perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, but like back then, it was harder because you were recording in VHS back mm-hmm. in the late eighties, early nineties, and yeah. Uh, so that's that's fantastic. I didn't know that was in this movie. That's so fun. I spent I like so much that. time pausing Dharma and Greg to read those things, and then. And yeah. just to grow up and see that, like, now he has a website where he just lists all his calling cards. So if you wanted to see what he no. said on, like, Big Bang Theory or whatever, you just go to the website instead of having to pause it. And I think that takes some of the fun yeah. out of it. Does it have the Dameron Greg ones on it as well? I think so. I'm pretty sure it has every everything because he I, – I believe he does it on all of his shows, Um, right. which must – at a certain point, like, does he ever get – um, what's it called? I almost said stage Board. right. Uh, writer's block. Writer's block. Yeah, you must do. Uh, because you have to come up with something weekly. And then if you've got like, a couple of shows on the go at the same time. I feel like he did some um, Trump rants. I feel like he did some, he's done some political stuff. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. The sun, the sun is shining on my hair. It makes yeah, my hair look red. It. I'm not a redhead. <laughs> That's very strange. I'm a blonde. There you go. Just a couple of short notes. I didn't write much down because I was watching the movie. That the word "cunt" is in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yay! <laughs> um, and it's rated fifteen in the UK, but the word "cunt" just sort of slipped in there. So you know that's always good to hear. Cunt. Mm-hmm. Imagine being in a movie and being credited as "Eat Me Boy" or <laughs> "Eat Me Boy's Buddy." <laughs> that's two credits in this movie. Uh, and my last one is that that was the result, which was what, 26, sorry, the result, which was 265 to 267, I think it was. Maybe I wrote that down wrong. Anyway, the one vote between them, that's a pretty good, that's pretty good going for Paul. Yeah. So. Yeah, because it, it's like if you, Paul, Paul was more selfish and better for himself. It would be yeah. different. Like it's it's Paul's vote was the one that like, like it feels like Paul's vote is the one that decided the entire thing. Yeah, it didn't show him vote in the movie though. No, he he says he thinks it's gross to vote for yourself, and he decides ah, to vote for right. her. All right, so it's his fault. Yeah, it's his fault. She won. Yeah, but it's, fuck you, Paul. You suck. She she annoyed me so much. You know, the first few times I saw the movie, and I kind of wanted her to lose too. And then watching it this time, it's like he doesn't care about it. Like she deserves. Nah. She has worked hard. And but I'll also tell you, my perspective on uh, student council president has changed because it does seem like such a bullshit thing. Um. Yeah. But then, and I don't know if it's like this at every school, but at my school. What I found out 10 years after I graduated is that the class president is the one in charge of planning the reunions. Mm-hmm. And I, like I said, I don't know if that's the case at every school, but it, that seems important. Like they need to say that during the campaign, like be like, you guys, this is, you're appointing this person to be in charge of a party in 10 years. Like choose yeah. wisely, which I love our class president. So I'm glad he won, but, uh, he was he was kind of appalled too. I feel like in popular groups, like it's kind of a stereotype that popular kids are as like the jocks and stuff are bullies. But I feel like there's always yeah. at least one like super nice guy, but you just kind mm-hmm. of assume he's a dick because usually his girlfriend's a bitch. Um, yeah. But like Paul reminded me so much of some guys I knew like that in high school, including the guy who became class president. Where it's just like just a truly nice person. He Paul was just a pawn, um, that that Jim put in mm-hmm. for him to to just to try and get one over on um Tracy for whatever fucking reason, mm-hmm. um, but it failed. 
because not only did Tracy like um Tracy won, uh, but also I think that Paul would have been a really good president. Mm-hmm. He he didn't want it. He didn't give a shit. But when he went for it, he went for it. Yeah, you know, and it just showed him he'd be just so, so competent and um and he was he he became what a uh, prom king. So you know, but he was out on pretty terrible with his speech. Like considering it was so close, it's yeah. so obvious that people voted for him because he's popular. Because if they were actually voting because yeah. they thought he'd make a better president, they'd probably vote for Tracy because she seems more on top of everything. Um, yeah, I would have voted for Tammy. Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny. I probably I don't know. In when I at, like at that age, I might have voted for Paul because he seems so nice. Mm-hmm. But like at this age, yeah. I would vote for Tracy. Tracy is you know. There's always been comparisons to Hillary Clinton there, um, mm-hmm. and it is very much like I I had a friend who was in 2016 who was a huge Bernie person, and when the nominee was Hillary and not Bernie, she was really bitter because she hated Hillary. And, mm. um, the way I convinced her to vote for her and instead of just like not doing anything or voting, I don't think she would have voted mm. for Trump, but, um, I was like, this woman wants to be successful. Like she wants to be seen as having done an amazing job. So whether or not you believe mm-hmm. that, like, if, if you, like my friend did, like, if you believe that she's just super ambitious and just really selfish and just wants to be president, just to be powerful and not necessarily because she wants to make change Mm -hmm. or whatever. This is a woman who's going to want to look good in the history books. So she's going to do a good job or or do her best because she wants people to say she was good. Yeah. And it's the same thing with Tracy. Like she's, she's going to make good choices because she wants to be successful and she wants to make change and she wants to do good. And uh, so as an adult, I would vote yeah. for her because she seems way more competent. Yeah. Hillary Clinton wouldn't want to go into history books as being the worst president yeah. ever. You know, um, the, the first female president who also just happened to be shit. Mm-hmm. I don't think that would look good. So clearly she would do stuff that I actually want to be in the history books and make it matter. Yeah. So Yeah, I can I when I was explaining it to my friend, I uh used Selena Myers from Veep as an example because she becomes president and she like she wants to do something good. She doesn't actually care about what it is. She just wants to look good. She wants to have something good to be in the history books with her. And it's like at the end of the day as long as I believe someone wants to get things done and there are things I agree with, I truly don't even yeah. care if that's like they're what they really want. I'd rather have them not give a shit, but like do it because they know it's mm. it's good politics than have them be mm. like what I think a lot of Republicans are like, where they I think some of them disagree with things they do, but they do it because they're just trying to keep their job or they're trying to get money from the lobbyists or whatever. Like I have trouble believing that when, when, yeah. ki- when, you know, a bunch of kids are killed that all those Republicans are actually feeling pretty good about the second amendment. There's gotta be at least a few who are like, maybe don't necessarily believe in gun rights as much as they say, because small children work. I have to believe that. I have to believe that, which is, you'd have to, think that though right i mean because otherwise they're just every single one of them is mon- are monsters yeah well and it's also and that that can't be true i when i started thinking that they uh didn't necessarily believe everything they say was um like to a to a bigger degree than what i thought before uh was when it was like they all hated trump and then all of a sudden they love him like mm-hmm. ted cruz there's no way in hell ted cruz likes donald trump he wants us to think he likes no, donald trump but there's not. absolutely no way that man likes him no. and it's they've now he's the leader of their party and it's frustrating because it's like how many republicans don't even want him as the leader and if they all were honest maybe things would be different mm-hmm. who knows yeah but they just want power, don't they? Yeah. They just want power. That's all it is. Um, and fuck Ted Cruz. Anyway, 
So, next week, Jen, you are taking a break. Yes. Jen's not going to be um, in the next couple episodes uh, because she has school and life. Uh, so she's taking some time off. In reality, she's taking longer off because we've actually got a couple in the bag. So it just seems as though she's only taking a couple off. She's taking, what, three weeks, four weeks off? Something maybe? like that. I can't remember. Yeah. Um... But that's fine. That's perfectly fine. I was going to do it too. But I decided to carry on and just try and get some more out and just keep the show going. So we're going to have a guest host, my friend Tisto from Tisto Commentaries, Tisto.com. He is going to step in for Jen for the next two episodes. And the first one we're going to do next week is Flash Gordon from 1980. That's my pick. And then it'll be his pick. And then when Jen comes back, it'll be her pick. Again. Again, yeah. Oh. Uh, exactly. So you'll have to pick another one. Um, I'm, I need to pick Firestarter at some point. I want to do Firestarter. It's going to have to get in there at some point. Uh, but I'll pick it eventually. Uh, so the website is shiftedbase.co.uk. Uh, email address is contact at shiftedbase.co.uk. And you can follow me on Twitter at DropPilotPod or at ShiftedB, which is my personal Twitter I started it up again. I don't know why. I'm an idiot. Where can people follow you online, Jen? I am at Pilot Inspectors on Twitter. Excellent. So thank you all for listening. We'll speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Bye. candidate for student body president is Paul Metzler. Paul? As many of you know, I broke my leg pretty bad this year, and the experience has made me reevaluate what I want to do with my life, and that is help people. When you think about it, a school is more than a school. It's our second home where we spend all our time and grow as individuals and a community. But is our school everything it could be? I want our school to reach its true potential. That's why I'm running for president. I know what it is to fight hard and win, like when we almost went to state last fall and I threw the fourth quarter pass against Westside for the touchdown that won the game by three points. I won't let you down like I didn't then. I promise we can all score a winning touchdown together. Vote Paul Metzler for president. Thank you.